0: Almost lost the cup and you win it. The new European champions, the treble, the dream come true for you. Uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Football, by the hell.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 25 of the Golden Boot Podcast. I'm Chris Williams.
0: And I'm JP Rios, and this week has been exciting, jam-packed, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to describe it as. But let's start with the biggest news in football, the most important event in the like just the biggest thing to ever happen. It's true. Jesse Lingard, Premier League Player of the Month and Goal of the Month.
1: Bow down, bow down, friend of the podcast. Um, you know we, we just love we love Jaling's here. Um, I on a to be honest, I am very happy for him. He's thriving at West Ham, doing his thing. Keep on dancing, Jesse. Keep on doing your thing. We're very happy for you.
0: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, as a huge Jesse Lingard fan, I almost got his jersey, you know. It wasn't, a, it wasn't as if I was trying to make fun of him. But, yeah, I mean, it's huge. We've seen it since we got to West Ham. I mean, he's been – I don't even want to say that he went back to the form he was in, like, earlier in his career. He's, like, done even better than that. So, I mean, first of all, there's that. And, obviously, you see it rewarded. I think everybody can be happy with – uh, Jesse not only that but gold I mean I think all them was just like a nice little get little you know um, what do you call it? cherry cherry on the cake. yeah it's a cherry on top so. yeah yeah, yeah that, that's the thing I don't eat desserts so I'm not 100 sure but <laughs> now let's move aside from there let's go to Liverpool and so Liverpool they've struggled to sometimes score the season to the point that their goalie has to score. <laughs> And that's to say are like hopes for Europe, but yeah, that was wild. I, I think yeah. you watched more of that game than I did.
1: Yeah. So I had the TV on for this and I wasn't actually watching at the time. And then I heard Arlo White, who's the commentator, scream, Alisson, would you believe it? And I said, excuse me? And um, yeah, Alisson, the goalkeeper, scored in the 95th minute, a header off of a corner. Uh, to beat West Brom 2-1 and to basically save Liverpool's top four hopes. And in my opinion, it's got to be the moment of the season in the Premier League. I'm not going to talk about all of football because I, I haven't watched all of football. But at least in the Premier League, it has to be the moment of the season. It could even be goal of the season, if you're asking me. Um, I mean, even as a rival fan... I'm so happy for Alisson, not for Liverpool, but I'm so happy for him, uh, especially after all that he's gone through this year. COVID's been hard on everybody, um, you know, and he's, have, he's had to be away from his family in Brazil. And then while he's away from his family in, in Brazil, his father tragically passes away. He drowned in a lake in Brazil um, a couple months ago. Um, so it's been really hard on him. And you, you could see after he scored that um, and after he hugged all his teammates, they were all celebrating for him. He looked up to the sky and he pointed up and he started crying um, because he was basically celebrating that goal for his father. So that really, that really hit me and warmed my heart. Um, but on a serious um, note, talking about the goal, it might be the best header I've ever seen. It was so accurate. Um, just he, he, the way he had to contort his body and his neck to f- whip it into the corner was just unreal, unbelievable. The the swaz on that ball. Oh, uh, it's just oh top, top stuff. Um and his post-match interview also might be the best I've seen in any sport. So he might have scored the best header I've ever seen out of any player, and he might have the best match post-match interview I've ever seen. So good on you, Allison. I mean, congrats to you. Uh, big up you not so much the club that you play for but uh yeah good outing for you uh very happy for you for your family um yeah what a moment what a moment this is what makes football awesome man just moments like these you wouldn't see it in like other sports
0: i agree and i think yeah as well as what you said um i'm happy for him not happy for liverpool because i couldn't care less about liverpool actually i care but not in a good way in a very negative way (laughs) but Um, I think if you tell me, is that the best header I've seen from a goalkeeper? I disagree. Uh, I think it's 2010, uh, Cruz Azul's goalkeeper absolutely headed the uh, rival team's um, physical trainer in the face. It was amazing. Oh, yes. So I'll put that up there. Um, <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about that, about League of X a little bit further down. Uh, Chelsea against Leicester, the first time out of two that we're going to mention them this episode. They play in the league. Chelsea wins two one goals by Rudiger. Then Jorginho scores a penalty. Surprise, surprise! Uh, you'd be a shock if I said Bruno scored a penalty, and then Nacho scores for Leicester. I mean, here is the thing: that's the first of all going into this. Liverpool has a game in hand, and this is basically a fight for the last two Champions League spots. And it's but like right now, Liverpool like they could win if they win against Burnley. They're like in the like in fourth place just because of goal difference so yeah it was a huge game and uh, it's gonna be I think in a way Chelsea needed a little bit more to make sure like they're a little bit safer in terms of points but at the same time like it was a tight game and I mean these last two what is it one match day two match days, to is isn't
1: it yeah there's there's one match day left in the in the prem um so yeah, it it, it it's it's huge. There, there there's one match left for every team but Liverpool. Um they have two matches left somehow. Um I don't know exactly how, but they have two left. So yeah, this next match day, this next week is just huge in terms of who gets the next two Champions League spots. So we'll just break down the top five of the table real quick. Um Manchester City, obviously, champions uh very much have been solidified as champions for probably months um they're not going anywhere in the table so um they're in the they're through to the champions league man united in second place with 71 points is also solidified um so come on boys we're in the league next year um so this is where it gets interesting so the point differential between third place, fourth place, and fifth place is only four points. Chelsea in third place has 67 points. Leicester in fourth po- fourth place has 66 points, so one point behind Chelsea. And then Liverpool, with two games left to play, has 63 points, um, so only three behind Leicester. So when you when you play it out in your head, um, if Liverpool win their next um the next two games they'll have what 69 points and let's say Chelsea wins and Leicester wins then they're tied with Leicester so then um yeah then it goes down to like I guess goal differential and all of that maybe head-to-head I don't exactly know how the Premier League does it but it can be really interesting um it's going to be really tough but yeah I'll just break down the deciding matches, the matches that we have left. So Leicester is going to play Tottenham. Chelsea is going to play Aston Villa. And Liverpool has to play Burnley and Crystal Palace. So um, JP, I guess, what, what are your predictions for these matches? Who do you think will secure these last two Champions League spots and who will ultimately fall into that fifth place and have to play in the Europa League next year?
0: I mean, I think Tottenham is a little bit kind of in shambles. They've been for a while. Uh, they're officially out. So they're, they're not, like, fighting for as much as, like, other teams would. They're not in a relegation battle, so they're not worried about that. They're also not in any place to qualify for uh, for Europe. So, obviously, you know, the motivation's not going to be there as much as, like, Leicester. Leicester's going to be, like, fighting for it. I could see Leicester running away with it. Chelsea against Aston Villa, the same thing. I could see Chelsea winning. I think at the end of the day, the decider for, like, the Champions League is going to defend fully because – Liverpool probably will win against Burnley and Crystal Palace. If they don't, I mean, I could see, obviously, I think Crystal Palace would be a little bit harder than Burnley, but I guess we'll just see what happens. But let's say every single team right now wins it. It's going to go down to, like, uh, we still <laughs> we don't know. If it's, um, was it, head-to-head or goal difference? If it's head-to-head, if I'm not wrong, Leicester is through, right?
1: Yeah, I, I honestly think in the Premier League it goes uh... – to head to head. Um let me let me look this up. Um I don't even know what I would look up. Um like does Premier League
0: can be like uh,
1: head to head
0: oh
1: or um for Champions League spots.
0: Tiebreaker. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, for for tiebreaker. Okay, let's see. Googling um, yeah. on Premier League rules say if two sides are level after goals scored, they will be considered – wait, no, what?
0: They'll be considered to
1: be tied. Why are they telling me how a draw works? Oh, wait. Because aha, aha, I didn't read the, the rest of the sentence. But if a determination needs to be made for the purposes of deciding the title, European qualification or relegation, head-to-head record will be used. Um, oh, yes. so if, so... if it comes to head-to-head, Liverpool have the edge. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this article was written two days ago.
0: It didn't last repeat them?
1: Um oh, that's a good question. Uh to go to, to get to head to head the Liverpool need to match Leicester's goals scored. Yeah, so I guess somehow Liverpool's ahead um head to head. So wow. This top four race is just so interesting. Liverpool can actually can actually cement it. I don't. I don't see Chelsea losing to Aston Villa. I see Chelsea. I see Leicester uh, honestly beating Tottenham, and it's just so hard with Liverpool's form to really predict what's gonna happen. Like, should they beat Burnley? Yes. Should they beat Crystal Palace? Yes. But will they? I don't know. They almost drew to West Brom, and they've been thrashed this whole entire season. So. It's just so hard to predict. Honestly, I'm going to predict the top four stays as it is right now. And Liverpool doesn't yeah. get through.
0: Yeah, I agree. But staying on the topic of Leicester City, uh, Leicester against Chelsea before uh, the league game. So FA Cup final, Leicester wins their first FA Cup in the club history. Their second, somebody told me it was their first major trophy. I was like, I just stared down. I was like, are you 100% sure about that? Um, i was then told it was a joke uh but have you been Leicester alive wins... for the... <laughs> but, uh, yeah yeah so for. have you been you... alive
1: for the past five years <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I have not, i don't know about the other person mm-hmm. um so yeah your retail scored a 30 yard it was one trick it was incredible uh i'll let you talk a little bit more about var in a second but it was just amazing. I wasn't watching the game because I had to clean my entire house. Um, but I just get a text on a group chat and they're like, look at this. And I just looked at the goal. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is amazing. This is why I didn't sell your two in my like 2016 FIFA career with Monaco. That's why I kept him on um but yeah so and then Ben Chilwell scored at the 89th celebrated and then got ruled by offside so i think you have a lot of things you want to get off your chest regarding you VAR so i will let you um release all your stress and all your anger
1: yeah so it's not really anger because obviously i didn't have any team that i really cared for playing in this match um but when you're a neutral or just in any game, really, you want it to be officiated fairly. And in my opinion, I don't think that this game was officiated fairly. Um, Take nothing away from your ET What a goal that was. Uh, Just 30-yard wonder strike, top bins. Like, you can't ask for anything better than that. And then to celebrate in front of Leicester City fans in Wembley is just, I mean... That's got to be a dream come true uh, for him. So take nothing away from him. But uh, should it have been ruled back for a handball? I I think so. So in, in the build-up, Chelsea tried clearing it, and Ayossi Perez blocked it, hit his knee, and then it hit his forearm. And then after it hit his forearm, it directed into the path of Luke Thomas, who then played it to Tielemans, who scored. So, like, there there's no laws that say that like um you know whether um a handball has anything to do with like uh the buildup um or anything like that uh but I don't I don't understand why this goal wasn't checked. All of Chelsea's players in, including um including the keeper Keppa Uh, rushed the referee as soon as it was scored. And they're like, handball, handball, handball. Like, you got to go to VAR and check it. And they didn't check it, which I don't understand because I've seen things checked for less. But then after Ben Chilwell scores in like the 90th minute, the whole entire stadium going crazy because it's about to go to extra time now, they check it and he was onside. He was basically onside. Like he might have been offsides by, I don't know, an inch, but you couldn't, you can't really tell it. It it might be by like a, a, a fingernail or something like that, and um, they called him offsides. But you, so you're gonna check that, but you're not gonna check a handball which is clear. Like it, it's so much easier to tell when something hits your hand and then deflects somewhere else than it is to you know, use those lines the Premier League uses to try to line up what's offsides and what isn't. So do I think that Ben Chillo should have been called for offsides? I mean, if it's offsides, it's offsides. But, I mean, to have to go to, like, this precision to figure out if he was offsides, I think it should just go into the player who scored in his benefit. Um, Like, you shouldn't have to rule it offsides if it's that close and you have to use some kind of technology to determine it. Um, so I just need there to be more consistency in VAR in the Premier League. Um, But nevertheless, I'm very happy for Leicester and their fans, their owner, uh, who's the son of the former owner who um, passed away in that tragic helicopter accident a couple of years ago. And just to see them all celebrate together in front of their fans to win the FA Cup, which completes um, the domestic trophies that they've won. Uh, that that collection is just it was just such a a beautiful moment such an emotional moment um and yeah just very very happy for them but that match did bring up a lot of questions about VAR which a lot of fans have had in the Premier League um I'm not really sure about how it's going in other leagues but the Premier League has to fix this for next season um there's just a lot of inconsistencies with it and some people would argue that it's ruining the game um yeah who's to say really
0: i uh, would agree that uh, it's mainly like an issue in england for some reason like you'll see some problems from time to time in other leagues and other countries but it's mainly in england's been like so weird it, i i don't know what's going on uh, i heard on espn somebody complaining that it's just the referees don't know how to see the plays and call them but i mean obviously that is also not a very accurate explanation they, I heard it from a very mad Englishman. But so jumping across the English channel down to continental Europe, Bundesliga. We got a few good games. Uh, we got Schalke winning against like number five Eintracht Frankfurt, which would have been nice for them if they didn't get, you know, do it after they got relegated. One of the most historic clubs in the entire country getting relegated, but that's how the world works. Um, then we got... Uh, this is very similar to what happened in England. We had Chelsea play Leicester in the cup final and also play them in the league. You had Dortmund play against um, Leipzig in the league and then the cup final. In the league game, they beat them, and we'll get to the cup final a little bit. But I just wanted to highlight that the race for the top four is still competitive in the Bundesliga. So, I mean, Leipzig and Bayern are through, but you got Dortmund and Wolfsburg have, both have 61 points. And I just realized I can't count. No, that is that's how it's going to stay: Bayern, Leipzig, Dortmund, Wolfsburg, and then Frankfurt and Leverkusen are in the Europa League. But so the biggest news—not the biggest, but you know the most uh, heartfelt little thing: Lewandowski tying Gerd Muller's record for most goals in a single Bundesliga season. He scored 40 in 28 games, which is still less than what Gerd Muller did because he did in the whole season. Lewandowski is still one game away from like in the season, but also he didn't play five games because of injury. So there is that. He has a chance to break the record at home, and I'm not sure. I don't think there's going to be fans at the stadium yet, but it's going to be at home. They're going to get the Meister Schade. It's going to be amazing. And he actually missed one. I mean, it was two chances back-to-back, like in the span of like five seconds. So It was such an easy chance, and he missed it. And the commentator started saying – that maybe the football gods are just romantic and they wanted it to be at the Allianz Arena in front of the trophy in the last game of the season. I was like, I hope the football gods are right, <laughs> but I don't know how else he would have missed that. But yeah, so also the biggest match in German football, the dfb pokal final, Leipzig against Dortmund. This was Leipzig didn't show up at all. Dortmund ran riot. 4-1. Two goals by Holland. Two goals by Jen Sancho. And I think you have a very uh, big and nice quote you heard in the, in the after the game was over.
1: Where's the champagne? That's all. That's all that matters. Where's the champagne? Erling wants the champagne. Is it? Is it Erling Holland? Or is it Drake? Is it champagne poppy? Who knows? Maybe Erling Holland is Drake. But um, yeah, Erling wants the champagne. That's all I have to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, he deserves the champagne, first of all, and uh, here's the difference. Whenever um, Drake takes a picture with your your team's jersey, you know, they're going to lose. But, you know, if Holland's wearing your team's jersey, I mean, it's more likely than not, he's probably going to give you a win. But So that's what's going on in Germany. Now, let's go back to the mother of all title races, as we alluded to last week. La Liga, Atletico number one right now with 83 points. Real Madrid with 81. One game left. Barcelona and Sv. are both officially out of the competition in terms of you know going for the title. They're still in Champions League spots. Uh, but, yeah, there's one game left. This is going down to the wire. And, I mean, it's going to be an amazing finish. So, and it's going to be tight. What do you think about this?
1: Dios mio. That, that's what I have to say. Um, wow. It, th- it This has just been such a fun thing to keep tabs on throughout the year. Um, like, at one point, Atletico was ahead by, like, 11 points, and now it's this? What? How? How did we get here? Um, especially, you know, with two of these clubs being in financial ruin and playing, like, crap. I'll say they've been playing the crap on the field. Um So it's just so interesting to watch. And I'm actually sad. I just got rid of my Fubo subscription. Um, I had a free trial for a week and, you know, I used it up. It was fantastic. But then I didn't want to pay 70 bucks just for one more week of football. But now I kind of wish I was. I might have to make another free trial um, just to watch these games. But let's see. Atleti is playing Valladolid and uh, Real Madrid is playing uh, Villarreal. In the final game of this season. So here's the thing. Atletico seems to bottle it lately um, when they need to win. Um, they, they had to win this weekend, and they almost bottled it, but Suarez scored a last-minute extra-time winner as always. Um, but the, the team as a whole has, like, a trouble winning, and you can tell because somehow they – found a way to close the rest of the uh, table, found a way to close the gap on them um, at the top of the table. So, I don't know. I feel like Real versus Villarreal is going to be a much harder game than Atleti-Valladolid. And I think Real should win. Um, And I also think that Atleti should win. And I do think that Atleti is going to win La Liga. Um, I'll say it, but, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to bottle it and lose. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Real lost to Villarreal. So, like, I have, I have no clue. They, this is the model, mother of all title races for a reason, because you just have no clue what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, what are, what's your thoughts on this whole entire situation?
0: I mean, here's the thing. When we're talking, yes, I agree that Atleti like, like has bottled some results. Real Madrid has also bottled some results in the past season, like in this season. And you say, you know, Valladolid is like second and last team and Villarreal is pretty close fighting for a European spot. Like, yes, that is true. But that just means that every single team right now out of those four has something to win out of this game. Both of them are like playing for a reason. It's not like what I was saying about Tottenham before. They're not. In relegation danger, but they're also not in European qualification, so the motivation is a little bit not there. You got Villarreal who wants that European spot, Real Madrid who wants to win it, so both of them are they going to give their all. Then Atleti who just wants to secure their second league title in a few years, but you got Valladolid who is in the relegation zone. They're like they need to win if they have any kind of hope to get out of it. Still, it would be extremely hard for them to get like get out of relegation zone. But you know, all of these teams have something to win and something to like. Atleti is the one who has the most to lose. And Valladolid is the one that has nothing to lose. So it's going to be tough. I think Atleti might just pull it out and they just might win it. They must get through it. But they're going to have to play like out of their minds. They're going to have to play like they're playing like the Champions League final against Valladolid. Which I don't know how that's going to look. But they need the three points. I'm pretty sure they're going to be played at the same time, if I'm not mistaken, like all of these yeah. last few games, just in case. Yeah, Saturday at 11. So, yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Atletico just have a little bit of the of an edge, but, yeah, I mean, if if Real Madrid drop any points, they're gone. Like, they tie. Atletico Madrid doesn't even, even win. But I think Atletico... Yeah. I, I I can... Yeah. No, you know, no, I... I was just saying, I think Atletico will win, but I don't think it's going to be that comfortable of a win that some people might think.
1: Yeah, I, I don't either. I think it, it's going to be that that kind of thing. Um, you think back to 2012 when Aguero won the league uh, for City, and the United game had already finished. United had won, and they were at the top of the league, and City were right behind them. They were in extra time, and then Aguero scores, and you have the pictures up side by side. So it's like split screen on broadcast. I can see that happening. Um, Where like, uh, say, Real beats Villarreal and that game finishes first. So they have that up and it's, um, you know, the players shaking hands, you know, thinking that they won, hoping that they won. And then on the other screen, you see like Valladolid score a last minute uh, corner and win. And I can just see it happening. I can see it happening that they do that and they give Real the the La Liga title. I, I can see that. And I think it's going to be exciting. Um, but I, I do, at the end of the day, think that Atleti will find a way to do it, but it won't be comfortable at all. Um, but yeah, so yeah, definitely keep an eye out for La Liga this weekend. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it's the only real title race left. Um, all of the rest of pretty much been decided but uh besides france i think but um yeah i, I just think it's gonna be really exciting
0: and i think um we're just gonna to touch in it like real quick before we go to italy because we always uh put so much effort into covering on uber eats um i just wanted to point out that <laughs> it is also extremely tight right now it is i mean monaco again so the only – Monaco is technically not out of the title race. They are, right now, they're in the Europa League. But what could happen is if they win, they need to win by like six point six goals or a little bit less because Lille would have to lose. PSG would have to lose. And if Monaco were to win and both of them lose and by goal difference, they might just clinch it somehow. But, yeah, right now, Lille has 80 points. PSG has 79. Monaco has 77. It's PSG and Lille. Same thing as Atletico. I think they might just like take it away and win it, but it's gonna be very uncomfortable. And I mean, if PSG doesn't win the French league, that's gonna be, you know, we huge. everybody like talks about like oh, farmers leagues, they always win. But the moment they don't win, everybody's like going against them, like oh, how could you not win? So I think still like it's, they're probably gonna get a little bit of that backlash, and obviously they're. I mean, they, they're they not in the best spot, So, but obviously I'd love to see a little win, but I think it's a little bit like Atletico Madrid. They're going to have to you know, show up for this game.
1: Yeah, I would. I hope they win as well, and only because they have Tim Moya. That's the only reason. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be really exciting. But um, I also just think it would be really exciting for French football if another club that is not named... Um, Paris Saint-Germain could win Liga and Uber Eats I think it would be huge for that to show that you know all these other clubs whether it's um, your Lyons of the world who used to be like the best team in France um, or Marseille or you know just all these other clubs in France have a chance of actually you know being better than PSG in the league and that shows that if you can beat them there, then maybe you can beat some of the big dogs in the Champions League, and you know, give some more. Um, uh, what I don't know what the word, like credibility to French football, because um, right now you look at French football and you're just like oh PSG, and then some people, um, you know, maybe rightfully so, um, when they think of PSG, they just think of all the money that they have, and they're like oh they're like they're buying, um, they're buying their league and championship every year and is that the case Uh, maybe but um i just think it's really exciting for french football to see um, somewhat of an underdog um, come out on top and beat what's supposed to be one of the best teams in the world so yeah i think it's again really exciting (laughs) that was my my analysis for the last two title races (laughs) really exciting
0: so this one's not a title race anymore it's just a race for similar to in england to for the top four spots uh i think you'd also describe it as very exciting um but yeah so syria you got inter already has a title that's that's been known for a while but you got atalanta milan napoli and juventus all vying for like those champions league spots and we're in a like we're at a spot in a place in time where Atalanta's second place, and they could still get left out of Champions League like football. So it is, I mean, it's a, so we'll go Atalanta, Mira Napoli, Ljube. So it's 78, 76, 76, and then 75. This is, you know, we were talking about mother of all title races. This race for fourth place for, like, the top four is just extremely tight.
1: And what, what makes it even more interesting is that atalanta plays milan which means that one of those teams is most likely going to lose um or just one of those teams is going to drop points somehow um which gives you know napoli a chance to overtake atalanta which gives juventus a chance to overtake atalanta as well or um you know go right behind milan so it's just so interesting uh, about how this is going to finish um If you have to watch any of the the leagues this weekend, I would highly recommend um, this one. It's just going to be so, so interesting um, because there's so much at stake, so much on the line. And what I think is the funniest bit of this is that Juve can finish in second and then still be kicked out of the Champions League. So then maybe Atalanta, who finishes in fifth, actually gets to go in. Like, I, I don't know how that's gonna work but um you know maybe the fifth place team if that fifth place team is not juventus um gets to make it to the champions league because juventus gets kicked out and maybe none of this would matter at the end of the day maybe you and i are getting excited for nothing but um yeah it's just gonna be a very entertaining weekend of football um and i would love to be in italy for this right now i, I can i can see us right now you know um we went, we went to Rome. We weren't able to go to a game. We went to the stadium, but not able to uh, go to a game. So it. I wish that we were able to make that up this weekend and go to one of these matches, specifically Atalanta-Milan. That would have been so much fun. But anywho. I mean,
0: um, anywho, you, yeah. It's, I mean, it was, what, last season we were there? So the last yeah. season, yeah. I mean – if we'd gone to the game we that was happening that time, it would have been uh, Inter-Lazio and they were like both at the top of the game. So it would have been more than worth it. However, uh, enough reminiscing on stuff that never happened because, tragically, we got sent back. Coppa um, Italia, Juve versus Atalanta tomorrow. You know, and I think here's the thing. Atalanta want a title. They're one of those teams that really don't have that many titles, if any at all. But they're consistently like in the past few years, a very good team. So obviously, and it's not the first goal by Italia final they're going to be in. They were in it a few seasons ago. they lost against Lazio, but like a very, very late goal. I think it was from Milinkovic-Savic. And obviously, Atalanta won it. They deserve a title, so they're going to go all out for it. But as well for Juve, this is like the saving grace of their season. Like they did horribly in Champions League. They did horribly in the league because even if they get to second place, Like, we all know that Juventus shouldn't be there. Like, they don't deserve it. they played horribly this season. Like, and they've had some good performances, but it's just not to the level Juventus have to be. So this is, like, the one thing that can, like, keep their season kind of on a good note. Similar to what Barcelona. They're out of the Champions League. They're out of, like, the league. Well, not out of the league. I mean, true, might be out of the league next season. Who knows how that's going to end up. But... Um, so this is gonna be like the one thing they can look back on and be like, it wasn't that bad. Who do I think is gonna yeah. win? I think uh, it's gonna be interesting because Atalanta Juve is always a good game because they have different philosophies in approaching the game. But both of them, I don't know if both of them, but you got Cristiano who's gonna like be on top of that team, and Atalanta side which is like nonstop attack and like nonstop like full 100% effort so it's going to be interesting but I want to say Atalanta but honestly uh, I'll go with Atalanta
1: I also want to go with Atalanta um, <clears throat> and I also I know that so this match is tomorrow which is Wednesday which is when this podcast is going to come out um, so it, it, the, so the game's on Wednesday and then the last match day of Syria is Sunday, um, so that's what like four days. Um, I'm just I'm interested to see if both teams are gonna go with their strongest lineups, being that their last match is crucial because for Champions League, um, where where you place in the league is crucial, and that your performance at the weekend could be more important than your performance, um, you know, in the Copa Italia. So I, I honestly, it, it, there are a lot of factors that come into this, um, you know, and Juve has just been so underwhelming to watch this year. I've watched them on so many occasions and I've been bored out of my mind every single time I've watched them for the most part. They're just They're just not fun to watch. They don't really play well as a team. Um, Which leads me to believe that, you know, Atalanta, which plays very well as a team, um, we've seen it in the Champions League. We've seen it this year. I mean, look at them. They're in second place in Serie A now. Um, We'll be able to beat them tomorrow in Copa Italia. And I think it would be it would just be really nice to see a team like Atalanta win Copa Italia um, and just win a trophy rather than a giant that is Juventus. So I'm going to go with Atalanta. Um, I think they're gonna try to go with as strong of a lineup as they can to, you know, just try to get some silverware and then hopefully they'll be arrested, there'll be no injuries, and then they they can go again at the weekend and solidify a spot in the Champions League.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I for a second I thought you said hopefully they're gonna be arrested and I got really confused. Yeah. Um hope they all get arrested. They all go to Italian
1: um italian jail
0: every single one of them but so uh now we're gonna do what we always do every couple of months uh league mx uh, qualifiers so the reason we're talking about this is one because it's my burning passion Two because a few weeks ago if i'm not wrong it, was, it might just have been a week ago there was a bombshell transfer To Tigres. Surprise, surprise. Another French player to Tigres. Florian Thauvin. I don't know. I I took French and I don't know. Um, Signed for Tigres. It was 28 million euros, I think. And linking up with André Pierre-Guignac, it's, I don't know. They're all going like, this is a bombshell, but I don't know how to feel about it because I mean, obviously, you don't want it against a rival team, you know. But at the same time, it's like, sure, Guignac has been good for Tigres, but he's not been like, you know, Tigres hasn't won every single tournament. It's still like a team sport. So it's going to be interesting and also forces Tigres to sell, like, I think, like, two or three, like, international players because of the amount of money. First, the amount of money. Second, like, just the, um, the rules regarding foreigners. And uh, there's been a lot of, like, memes and jokes regarding this uh, signing. Uh, I think the best one was uh, one where they where they put uh, what uh, Thavan saw when he googled you know stadiums in Monterrey and Monterrey Stadium. And it's so nice, it's modern and everything. <laughs> the stadium where he's going to be playing and that thing's so old. I uh, wrote a little thing for Florian uh, if he ever listens to this. When he saw those pictures, Cenepa Monterrey, C San, C- San Pedro Garcia. San Pedro Garcia Garcia, which is the nicer side of Monterrey, which, you know, they're all going to be so, um, annoying about it. But, yeah, it's a bombshell. We've seen stuff like that before. Uh, Honda, Tupachuca, Ronaldinho to Querétaro is the biggest one. Obviously, he didn't do that well. Um, Antonio Valencia as well playing. I think he did one to Querétaro too. I might be wrong. Uh, who's the other one? I mean, we've seen a lot of this. El you know sevio back in the day signing for Monterrey, which I found out <laughs> recently. But a lot of these players are going towards the end of the, their careers, and Tavon's going here at 28. So it, it's similar to the Guignac thing. I don't know how to feel about it, and I don't know if like it's going to work out or not, but we'll see. In terms of playoffs, I mean, there's been some very good games, uh, you know, I sent you the video, I sent Chris the video the other day of this guy who was playing for León. He was like one of their youth, their academy players scoring like a last-minute absolute banger against a the team, then they'd lose in penalties. But so far, the quarterfinals are through and the semifinals are going to be Cruz's rule against Pachuca. Cruz rule okay, I love them, and this is not the only reason I'm going to exaggerate this little storytelling part. They win, they lost 2-1. The first game because of a horrible like refereeing decision. So there's a penalty that's not it's non-existent. And they telling the referee to go to the VAR. And the referee denies, and he's like, No, absolutely not. And because of that penalty, Cruz loses the first game two-one. They ended up winning three-one. But before that game, and this was absolutely hilarious, the referee starts talking with the captains, and he's like, We're gonna call this game the same way we call the other one to make it fair. And Cruz Azul will get a penalty, which was a penalty. There was no doubt about it. And then all the Toluca players are asking him to go to the VAR. And he's like, no, because you like it was bad. It was so badly done the first game that the entire league was like, we can't let this happen again. So it was a little bit nice to see uh, Puebla also got robbed by an offside decision that wasn't called. They still made it through. So the finals, Pachuca, Cruz Azul, Santos, Puebla. They're going to be exciting. Every single game has been exciting in this playoff, even if you don't watch Liga Max, even if you don't consider it the best football in the world. It is exciting. That's one thing. And, uh, of course, as a Cruiser Azul fan who's been hurt too much, I am not going to say that this year is the year. I've refused to say it. I don't want to say those words because even if we do win it, I, I'm i just braced for the worst. But that is my entire rant on Liga. Yeah,
1: Um, my only two cents on this is I don't understand why Thauvin would go to Liga MX at the age of 28 when he has, you know, options to go elsewhere um, and play in Europe. Um, I'm sure that having Frenchman Guignac there is at least some kind of draw. And, you know, Tigres playing against Bayern at the Club World Cup, you know, is also, you know, some kind of draw to the team showing that, you know, they're one of the best teams in, in the Americas, but um, you know, it's just, it's very interesting. Um, A very interesting call by him. And I'm, you know, I guess we'll judge this afterwards, Um, you know, after a season, we'll see how it goes. Um, I don't want to prejudge it because I haven't seen him play too much. And I couldn't tell you if I've ever seen Dikere's play ever um so i'm not going to judge it um so i'll go with your word mr jose um are there any last thoughts any last words um before we sign off that you'd like to add
0: uh, i would just like to add that yes i think he said in an interview that one of the main reasons he signed for them was because of guignac so that's gonna I be didn't know guignac was
1: that much of a force i
0: mean <laughs> the thing is we played together in marseille so i mean that's You know, they're probably besties, you know, and he was probably like, yo, they're like, you can play like horribly and then score a few goals, score against a team that's not playing because they're on protest because their owner's not paying them. And then you get to 200 goals or something like that. Yeah, that did happen. That was like his a hundred or 200 goal for three or something. I was very hurt because that's my dad's uh, hometown team. So I was kind of angry, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see those two link up. And I mean, with how Liga MX is, it might work out perfectly, or it might be an absolute like, train wreck. So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, and wait and see we will, just like we will for the rest of all of these title races and Champions League spot races. Um, with that said, I think that's a perfect place to sign off for tonight. So thank you guys very much for listening. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it and are looking forward to this week of football just as much as JP and I are. And yeah, hopefully next week we'll be back with a nice recap of, you know, the, um, the season we'll be able to present some champions to you um, solidified um, champions league spots and, you know, maybe some transfer news uh, that's going to start up soon. So yeah, it's very exciting week ahead and then very exciting weeks ahead with the Euros and Copa America and all of that. So lots of exciting stuff to look forward to guys Uh, Thank you for listening once again, and we will see you next week. And until then, I'm Chris Williams. I'm JB Rios. And we'll see you next week, guys. Take care and have a good one.